and watch me eat. Yeah, yeah. So people can judge you. Bam, we're live. Brian, good morning. Good morning. Caleb, good morning. Good morning. Uh, hey, I, I was um, looking at the numbers this morning f- from all the guests we've had on, and I just wanted to thank you guys in the comments. I was just thinking about how much you guys helped with uh, Dave and Danielle. I mean, you guys help every morning with your comments. It's funny. Uh, it adds to the show. But with Dave and Danielle and Rich, you guys have been just off the hook. So thank you. I appreciate it. Don't you think, Caleb? Definitely. It's been really awesome. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, it's okay. Okay, good. Uh, We are getting close to uh, Wadapalooza. Um, Brian, is your brain getting uh, crowded at all, like with too much information or any, any, you know, overwhelmed or – it's a lot of athletes, about 40 in the elite divisions and about 40 teams in the elite divisions. So that's uh, uh, 300 and what is that 360 athletes. So uh, there's a lot. Hey, there's so many good athletes that um, were kind of uh, destined to neglect people this year, huh? Some people are going to get lost who don't deserve to get lost. Yeah. Uh, with the articles I've been writing for Bar Bend, I'm trying to diversify my picks a little bit. So I've kind of self-imposed a rule I, I won't. I'm trying not to pick anyone more than twice um, so that we can get, a, you know, people can have a little bit of a uh, understanding for some of the other or lesser known athletes um, that might have a good workout on one of one, one of these events, uh, but may, may not do great overall. I think that's one way we can help. So you're putting people in to win the events, even though you don't really think they're going to win them just to introduce them to the people. Yeah, so I might I might call it like a pick to click instead of a pick to win. This is like this might be their oh, best workout okay. of the weekend. They may have a okay. top five finish. You know, uh, I'm not just gonna pick uh, if, if there are six events. I'm not just gonna pick Guy, Valner, Roman, and Ricky to win every one of them. Like I might pick them one each if I think right. there's a workout that do good on, it, and then I'll try to pick someone else who may do very well on that workout. Maybe it's a third or fourth. Um, but you'll yeah. be honest. You'll say, "Hey, Guy's not gonna I, yeah. win this, but he's gonna look the best doing it." Yep, exactly. Paige, hi, good morning. Hello, good morning. Good morning, nice to meet you. I'm Sevon, and that's Brian. That, that, that's Brian. Hi. Nice to meet you guys. Hey, Paige. I watched, uh, have you guys met before? Uh, I don't know that we've actually had, uh, been in a lot of the same competitions at the same time, so I don't, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, I don't think so, but it's nice to meet you. I watched uh, three or four of your podcasts yesterday, so I feel like I know you. Maybe, may- Maybe more. Me? Yeah. Oh, nice. Hey, do you watch? Do you watch? A, if someone invites you on to a podcast, do you watch one of their podcasts before you go on? Um. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Kind of just to get a feel of what I'm signing myself up for. Do you watch before you say yes? Um. Typically, no. Yeah, I'm guilty of that too. I invite people on without like sometimes like fully vetting them. Yeah. That's okay. You ever been on one that you like afterwards? You're like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done that one. Um, probably not. Oh, good. So. Okay. Well, shoot. I hope I don't screw your perfect record up then. <laughs> I don't think you will. There's definitely things that like I've said before that I'm like, not that it was bad, but it was just like kind of like stupid to say. Like I remember I did a podcast with um, Jared. Um, um, Gray Beal. Yes. I, yes. 
Okay, that's how I was going to say it, but I didn't want to butcher yeah. it. Um, but I, he asked if there was an animal that I'd like to talk to, what it would be. I said a pig, and I got a ton of crap from my friends <laughs> on that one. So What did they want you to say? Shut up, that's a stupid question. Next question? <laughs> I guess. Well, they were like, pick something like more like a lion where, you know, they're aggressive. And I was like, no, like I want to talk to a pig. I mean, I'm not hating. They have movies on pigs. So I was like, I feel like it's a fair answer. Yeah. It is amazing though. Sometimes I'll, I'll do one of these or I'll do a a broadcast or something. And I know that a majority of it was good, but there's one thing that maybe no one else even notices it. And I reflect on it for like a month. And I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Yeah, for sure. Brian, um, are you from working on this podcast and then working on something that's uh, more polished, like um, hosting the um, what was the one in the desert called? What, are you talking about Dubai? Uh, Dubai. Yes. After then, the commentating for Dubai. Um, do you ever like feel like, uh oh, this better not come out of my mouth um, here? Like, like, do you think I've corrupted you on this podcast? No, no. I think I know how to handle you just okay. at least adequately. I agree. I think you do handle me adequately. Um, Paige Powers, 25th at the games in 2022. That's your do, uh, not your Dubai, your debut. It's another D word. Your debut as an individual. Um, uh, man, you you stand out, man. You are a uh, special person when you take the field. You do some really cool stuff. Uh, you took third place twice as a teen yes. in the fourteen to fifteen, and then the sixteen to seventeen. And then was that were you sixteen when you look? Brian's so proud of me. I, I that was like like a proud <laughs> father the way he was smiling when. When you took that third place um, in the 16, 17, were you 16 or 17? I was 16. And, and, then, and then what happened after that? Then you were kind of off the scene for till 2022. Was that yeah, like COVID so, stuff or what happened? Yeah, the next year I was 17. So it was my last chance to compete as a teen. Uh-huh. And it was canceled because of COVID. Okay. And then following year um, was my first time out like in the open division and um i didn't qualify and then you made semifinals year was my first time but you made semifinals in 2021 yes those were online yes so i was like yeah yeah hey did that hurt what, what's the deal what's the deal with that so you're this great teen athlete well, well we'll we'll talk about that here in a second too whether you were a great teen athlete or if whether the competition was just junk but um uh <laughs> <laughs> and it may not have been i'm i'm, I'm open i'm open yeah. um uh but um w- w- was that hard in 2021 or was that where you like hey man this is already crazy ambitious of me um no it was hard i actually i definitely expected to qualify to the games or at least have like a good shot and then like coming in 21st on top of that, I was like, wow, okay. Like I have a lot more work that I have to do that. I didn't like realize that I wasn't, you know, like on the same level, but like going from quarterfinals where I was like that year, I believe I was within like a pretty good spot of qualifying. Like if we went based off of that, 
And then just being like so completely knocked out at semis was, it was pretty tough. But. Basically, basically, what she's referring to is that <clears throat> she was 23rd in the quarterfinals that year. And that's out of all the women in North America. After the semifinals were split into four s- distinct semifinals, she was 21st in a field of 30. So it was a mm-hmm. significant step back in her mind from her quarterfinal performance. Yeah. Wow. You put some crazy pressure on yourself, huh? Mm, or, you, or, yeah. you, or you have high expectations. You have high expectations. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But really, it's like, you know, that's her that's her first year. And if you think about it, you know, because what she's thinking is that 21st is like an 84th if you multiply it by four for the four semifinals. And so that's like four times worse than I did in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. But really, it's an opportunity, I think. So she can look and say, why did I did do so well in quarterfinals compared to semifinals? Now I have my focus for the next 12 months. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. the by the by the high expectations, I mean, it's, it's a pretty um, – it's insane to think that you're going to go from teen and then in one year or just two years, go to individual, but, but you, you put that demand on yourself. I mean, I don't get me wrong. What were you going to say, Brian? We've seen it for the men. It's insane because it hasn't happened for the women. She can look at other women that have had similar finishes to her. Mallory O'Brien's best finish as a teenager at the CrossFit games was third. Now she had the similar situation happen where she missed a year because of COVID that she might've won, but it's been done before. So it's not, not an unrealistic expectation in the women's field Mm -hmm. compared to the men's, but still freak of nature. Of course, Ma- Mallory O'Brien's not didn't come into the CrossFit Games and take thirty uh, ninth place. No, right? Yeah. yeah. So 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 nuts. Um, yeah. But 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 you but you're doing all sorts of unrealistic stuff. You're all, you're only two years as or three years as an individual, and you're already just completely. If the videos are true that I watched, you're completely <laughs> entrenched in the in the mayhem empire. Yeah, um, getting at it every single day with some of the. I mean, what you've put on yourself is absolutely nuts. Um, the, the caliber of people that you're rolling with and hanging with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do enjoy it though. I mean, like whenever I first moved here, it was definitely like, I just took ego beating day after day. Like I just got absolutely crushed in training every single day, but it like pushed me to, like keep up in ways that I wasn't pushing myself before. So like I've been here for a year now and like to see my improvement from like last year when I first moved here to now is like pretty crazy. So I'm super grateful for it. You think you picked up a little swagger in that year? Like you got a little more pep in your step? Um, Maybe. Yeah. I think um, like I was put around people that like, made me like know that it's okay to like show a little confidence here and there um especially like people like Guy he loves to perform and like that's where he's in his element so kind of just like taking little like tips and like watching him and stuff so it was interesting I I watched an interview when you were 16 years old and you seemed supremely confident then I watched a couple of interviews of you from a couple of years ago, and not that you weren't confident, but you were uh, more shy. And then mm-hmm. I watched a more recent interview with you, um, the Swolverine one, and you were back to the 16-year-old version of yourself. That one was just yeah. like four months ago. I was like, oh, wow. She and she went through like a confident 16-year-old, then kind of a humbling period, right? She got mm-hmm. her first – you got your wings. You went from a strong caterpillar to kind of like a new awkward – uh, butterfly and then now it's like you've been flying with the big butterflies for a year and you i was like wow she got her swagger back she yeah got her 16 year old swagger back yeah i think it was like a lot easier for me 
in the teenage division to like have a ton of confidence because like I made the CrossFit games within the first like I wasn't even doing CrossFit for a year and I made the CrossFit games. So Do you know this story, Brian? That story's crazy. We're gonna go to that. Sorry, go on, Paige. Okay. <laughs> that story's crazy. Um, but yeah, it was like I mean kind of just like having that expectation of like always making the games. Um, and then like whenever I did turn 18, I was like thrown out with the big girls. I was like, there was kind of this part of me that was like, Oh, well, I'm just not good enough, especially getting 20, 21st at Granite games. But, um, I kind of decided to use that as fuel and like move down to Cookville and, it's it's been good ever since. So I feel like I've gained that confidence back of like, hey, I do I do belong in this field. Um, gymnastics is your first sport. Yes. Yep. And how how old? Um, I did it basically until I could walk to fourteen years old. Okay, so so uh, ten or twelve years of gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Was your mom a gymnast or your dad a gymnast? Nope, neither of them were. But they just started taking you to like the 18 month old class, like us crazy yeah. parents do as soon as you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, when you do gymnastics that long, don't you get to like the weird stages? Like the part that that's like where the eating disorders are and the coaches hit you and like they, the practices are eight hours long and like um, it's just the, the weird parents and weird kids. Like now you're in that kind of like. Yeah. It did get like a bit like crazy. Weird shit. Yeah. Whenever like I was towards the end of my gymnastics career. Yeah. Um, things definitely like I was constantly in the gym. If I wasn't in school, I was doing gymnastics and, um, it wasn't really, I didn't think it was the healthiest environment for me, um, towards the end. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm glad that I'm out of that and it brought me to CrossFit. So it's, it's a common theme on this show. The girl who's in her 10th year is like, Whoa, shit started getting weird. Yeah. But you know something, uh, maybe you're aware of this, maybe not, uh, but in the past year or so, there's been some conversation about if it's appropriate to talk about the bodies of the athletes that are competing. I feel like that also exists in gymnastics. Yeah, like for sure. And it's a similar, it's like your body is your product. Like you need to, you need it to do that. And um, you can certainly tell me I'm wrong, but I would imagine that relative to, other uh, girls that were doing gymnastics that eventually you got probably to be bigger than some of them. And so you probably did well on certain things and had harder time on other implements. Yeah, for sure. It was like, it was really crazy, especially like going throughout your teenage years. If you literally like grew, if you had a growth spurt of like an inch, it would mess up like your whole bar routine or like Mm. your beam routine. Like you felt all wonky and weird for a period of time. So it was like, it was really crazy in those like final years I was like doing gymnastics. There was so much change during it and it definitely created a lot of difficulty for it. I mean, even think of the dudes. Um, You have to be absolutely the the skinniest you can possibly be while still working on the rings. Like how starved Mm -hmm. can I make myself and maintain all my strength? Everywhere other than the shoulders. You have to have massive shoulders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, you, but, but I mean, right. That that's the thing. It's it's the nature of that sport. I, I'm, I'm saying nothing negative about it, but mm-hmm. you're trying to move the body through these crazy positions and through the air. And it's basically, yeah. Hey, how skinny can I fucking get, but still be strong as an ox? Yeah. And right? it's also like, it's pretty crazy because it's like 
such a subjective sport where like other people are really like telling you like, oh, your point or your big toe is crooked. So like I'm taking a 10th off like and a lot of the times for like bars, like if you're, I don't know, just like with a different body types, like if you were kind of leaner and taller, like your lines looked prettier. So you get a higher score. Whereas right. like, I was kind of like shorter and stockier and right. I maybe didn't look like pretty all the time. So it was like, I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it's judge weird. number three isn't attracted to you. So he docked you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, sure. This thing I, she's, I'm not even, I'm not even talking shit about it. I'm just like, yeah, it's just humans. It's just people. But this, yeah. this thing she's talking about where the angle of your big toe or whatever, maybe that's a minutia, but some, it's just having immaculate control of your body and, in the mm-hmm. coaching development that I've done, it's called motor control. I think this is what one of the main reasons why gymnasts can translate over to CrossFit so well. How many times have you seen someone in gym and say, okay, now reach back with your hips and someone, mm-hmm. some people can do it. Some people cannot. I think gymnasts in particular are very good at that because all of the cues from their coaches at some point are, okay, when you're finishing this thing, make sure you do this extension with your elbow, not this or with your finger or your toe or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's like down to the last detail in gymnastics. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that too, by the way, there's a, um, I remember gymnasts coming in and there being, um, some difficulty in abandoning some of that composure and control for speed, but, but we'll get to that. And I want to talk about how you had to let maybe some of that go to get times. Are you comfortable talking about any of the weird stuff that happened? Like, was it around food or just around just how many hours you were there? Was there anything in particular that like for, for parents out there, like, Hey, be attentive to this. This is too much for a kid. 10 years of this Um, shit. (laughs) Or Hey, don't be a sissy. Push your kid through. Yeah, I guess it it really depends on like the gym that you're at. Um, but like I I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with like any of the like NASAR stuff. Oh yeah. I have that athlete A documentary. Yeah, that so, guy's in that's the crazy doctor that was hurting the girls. Yes. Yes, so that was nuts. I lived with him like an hour and a half from him. So I like my coaches always sent me to him whenever I had any injuries and like, thankfully nothing ever happened to me, but it was like, I don't know, just like that kind of like whole area in there, like the coaches closer to Lansing, wherever he practiced out of like, they, um, I mean, one of them like was, um, I I think he had like a warrant out for his arrest and then he ended up, um, killing himself but because he knew he was in deep trouble, but that guy um, killed himself. Nat Nasser killed himself. No, not Nassar, but one of the coaches oh. that was like highly oh. affiliated with him. Oh, who was doing the same thing to the girls, molesting yes. the girls. Yeah. Crazy. And so, yeah, I think there was like, so there were warning signs. Yeah. Yeah. And like, did you know he was a creep when you went to him? Um, I'd say like in the moment, no, like he definitely, I feel like now whenever I look at him and see pictures of him in jail, I'm like, yeah, you're a creep. But obviously, like, after knowing what happened, but, like... It's a doctor. You're supposed to trust him. Right. Exactly. And, like, he, like, I don't really want to give him any credit because I absolutely hate what he did, obviously. Um, But he was super smart and, like, really good at what he did as far as, like, doctoring goes. 
Um, so it was like such a shame that he literally wasted all of that talent for no reason to just end up in jail for the rest of his life. But I like, I remember whenever like he first got arrested, my mom like called me. I was like, what the heck? Like it was before school. And she was like, Hey, must've like, scared the crap out of your parents. Must've scared the crap yeah, out of them. For sure. Yeah. And like, they were always in the room with me. Like they never left my side with, um, being, oh, I love hearing honestly, this. Yeah. With like any doctor I ever went to. And so I, it, the scary thing to me is that like, now that the stories are coming out, like girls are saying that he, he would do stuff even with their parents in the room. I heard so, those stories, right? I heard yeah. the girl telling the story. My parents were right there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like crazy to me, but. Brazen, right? Like, this guy's a maniac. Yeah. It's yeah. It's very unfortunate, but. And it shows you how easily people can be duped. It's not like the parents were allowing it. They were just kind of awed by his doctor in his role too, right? Oh, yeah. he must know he's the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like crazy me. Like, I mean, I guess like for my parents, they always taught me from a young age. They're like, if you ever feel like uncomfortable by like a stranger or even somebody that you trust, like if they touch you in a weird spot, like immediately tell us because it's not right. But, like, I think people are just, like, so willing to, like, take that risk in a sport if it's going to make them better and, like, just push it to the side. But it's it's crazy. Weird yeah. stuff. Yeah. So my takeaway from that is you had great parents. Yes, please, kids, yes. talk to your parents. Someone said to mm -hmm. me the other day uh, after we had uh, Garrett on here um, – Someone sent me a DM and they said, hey, all parents need to tell their kids you should never have a secret with another adult. Mm -hmm. There's no yes. secret that you should. If any adult ever wants to keep a secret with you, that's the, tell your parents right away. Yeah. yeah there's, there's no there's no one should that. be having uh, uh, secrets with your kids. Um, yeah. So the takeaway for me here is, is um, that means you are an extremely competitive gymnastics program mm -hmm. if you're by uh you know mr uh, uh mr olympic uh, gross doctor yes right? yeah yeah. Okay. yeah it was it was super competitive like yeah especially in like in and around my um area that i was like training in um and it it just it definitely got to be like too much for me um it was like <laughs> by my last season I was dry heaving like over garbage bins before every event, like crying because was, of anxiety, anxiety. Yeah. Cause yeah. you sound Matt Fraser. Doing I was going to say, yeah, you sound like Matt <laughs> Fraser. What's wrong with that? Don't be a sissy. Yeah. Page. Yeah. It was, it got pretty bad. I was like going to see, um, like a sports psychologist literally just to get me through my last season. And like, I had, Fortunately, throughout my whole career, I never had any major injuries, just like kind of small minor stuff and lots of aches and pains. And then just before my last season, I dislocated my knee, like um, fractured my femur bone, had a giant bone bruise and like somehow it healed up within like three months. So I was still able to compete that season. And like after my first competition, I kind of knew that like I was done with gymnastics and I told my parents and they're like, you know, just like stick it out through the season. And like, it's probably not going to be that bad. And 
um, like, we just don't want you to regret it if you don't, if you just quit right now. Um, and that, that season was like, I mean, we were doing all that I could just to like get me through there, but like before every event, just like dry heaving, like so anxious, so nervous. And even for like practices, I was like starting to like work myself up to like stomach aches and like, it was pretty crazy. Hey, what's the, what's the feedback you have for parents out there that your, your parents are put in a tough spot. Cause I get where they're mm-hmm. coming from. They're like, man, she's put 10 years in, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we want to support her to do the right thing. Do you think that they, do you think that they handled that right in hindsight? Like, are yeah. you glad you had that experience of all that anxiety or do you wish that they would have let you off the hook? Um, I do. And by I, the way, that takes strong parents. They didn't like doing that. I promise you they yes. hated it. They hated no. it. Yeah. I still have conversations with them today about it. Um, like I think for my dad, especially like he was a competitive swim coach. So he like, he gets the like mentality that you have to be in to be like a super competitive person in anything. And, um, like, I think for him, especially he's like, he just didn't want me to regret like, quitting and then maybe later in the season being like why did I do that I should have finished out or even like wanting to go back to the sport but like I remember um like my mom asking me and she was like hey like you know are you gonna have a problem with like people asking you like well what are you doing now that you're done with gymnastics and like for a period of time there it was like nothing I was like I don't really have anything lined up um, I had an idea of a couple of things I wanted to do, but I was like, I, I was so like down with gymnastics at the point. I was like, I don't even care if I'm like doing nothing right now. I just want to be like out of the sport. Um, but I mean, they were super supportive of it and like also supportive of trying to find things for me to like fill that time gap. Because I mean, like I said earlier, it was really like school, gymnastics, and then go home, dinner, shower, homework, and sleep. So there's, like, no wiggle room in my schedule to, like, a whole bunch of free time. And they're, like, we have to get you in something because you're, like, going crazy. So um, that's when we started, like, exploring swimming and diving for high school and um, CrossFit. I, w- I was just trying to think if there's anything in my life that's ever been like that. Like you did something that you were so committed to and then had to, and then decided to quit it. And it's mm-hmm. like, most people don't even ever put themselves in that position. I mean, the only thing I could think of is I had a job at CrossFit for 15 years, but I didn't quit. I got fired. And, and like, and like I was doing it for money. Like you act, mm-hmm. you had a hobby that was so intense that you, at at 17 you're like nah how old were you when you quit 16 i was 14 14 okay 14 yeah Yeah, what a crazy already life experience to have a psychological Mm -hmm. journey to have to already throw away one 14 okay i'm done with that identity yeah it's a good lesson though is is how critical the the adults surrounded in that in that environment are for her you know and i had this exact same experience with swimming i was a really good swimmer you you did I was a really good swimmer. It was taking most of my time. I was one of the best in the state. I'd been picked to select our region in a national competition. But my coach was negligent of her responsibilities, and it pissed me off to the point that I ended up quitting as well. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's like, I mean, 
my coaches were like, whenever I told them that I was like, hey, I think I'm going to be done, my coaches were kind of like, well, you know, you can maybe just cut it down to like Tuesday, Thursday, Friday practice. And like, they would like hop on the phone with my parents and they're like, your daughter can literally like go to college for free if she keeps doing gymnastics. And there was just like literally nothing that was going to get me to go back into it. I was just done. Yeah. Good on you. Hey, um, another thing on there too, which is interesting is we kind of heard that story from rich yesterday and we've heard the story from, um, which was kind of crazy to hear from rich, rich basically went away to college to play baseball, but, but wasn't happy. Wanted to come mm-hmm. back home to his family and his girlfriend. We heard that story from Jason Hopper, went to Clemson with football, just 18 years old, just wasn't mature enough. Just didn't like that feeling of being away and came back and got God. Thank God. Rich did that. Yeah, right? for sure. Thank God baseball yeah. didn't get him. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's crazy how like everything works out in hindsight. How do you become – so this is the part that tripped me out. So with that, you're able to parlay um, – I'd like to hear like that first CrossFit workout you do to the fact that like you – when you talk about it, you almost feel like, yeah, of course I'm going to the CrossFit Games the first year I, I at 14. So, like, I would say the first month of doing CrossFit, I actually didn't like it um, because it reminded me a lot of conditioning and gymnastics, which I like. That was probably my least favorite part of gymnastics. Um, But, like, I remember my first workout was um, assault bike and rower, and that was the only two things. The class was doing, like, an all-barbell workout, so the coach at the time was like, that's not obviously something that somebody on their first day needs to hop in on. Um, so it was like for the first month, I was kind of like, eh, like it's okay. I'll, I'll do it because my mom paid for the membership. And, um, why did she, why did she, um, put you in that? Was she crossfitting? No, no. My, um, my friend Michaela, she she went to the CrossFit Games twice as a teenager, and um, she was working out at that gym. And um, she she was doing gymnastics with me before, and I think she um, quit gymnastics a year or two ahead of me. Yeah, that's her. <laughs> and um, she uh, she was like, "Hey, just like have her try it," and like. A couple other of my gymnast friends were like kind of dabbling in CrossFit. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. And then um, shortly after, or I believe it was shortly after I joined, um, Michaela went to the CrossFit Games and competed. And like, I kind of saw that process. I was like, okay, like, if I know I can compete in it and like, I don't know. Yeah, it was. You it missed was the dry heaving. You missed the dry heaving. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah, I missed just like absolutely torturing myself. <laughs> so I was like, sign me up. So you want it? So wow. I, I I'm trying to think if I ever. I, I'm sure I've heard it before, but I just don't hear it very often. So you came to CrossFit, and the real the appeal for you really is the the competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm a I'm a super competitive person, and like everything I do so if there's like something that I know I can be good at and there's a competition in it I'm I'm like sign me up 
And so these gymnastics, gymnastic skills just translated s- seamlessly to all the things you had to do, the clean and jerk, the snatch, the toes to bar, the, the ring muscle ups, the burpees. You were just like, yeah, this is my, uh, this is easy peasy, at least learning so, the movements. Uh, yeah. I think I definitely pick things up a little bit faster than like other people might, if they don't have a gymnastics background, um, just having that like bodily awareness and, I remember, like, snatching, that was super hard for me to, like, first do. It felt so foreign. And honestly, like, all of the lifts did. Um, but, like, as far as, like, ring muscle-ups and bar muscle-ups went, we never really did those as, like, a female gymnast. But just, like, having the bodily awareness of, like, knowing where you're, like, how to kip or, like, where your feet have to be and whatnot definitely helped out a ton. In the gymnastics <clears throat> facilities, obviously there's rings there. Mm-hmm. When the women are training or the girls are training, is it just like, no, that's for the boys? It's just yeah. like, don't go over there? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I remember there was one gymnastics coach that we had that was a male. And, like, he was our strength and conditioning coach. And occasionally he'd have us, like, play around on the rings. And he taught us, like, strict ring muscle-ups. He taught us how to use the um, parallel bars. Um, but it was, um, we stopped working with him once we got into the, like the higher levels and he actually ended up moving away. So it, it had been a while and I had put on like probably a hundred pounds between like, um, just being like a small little seven year old to like a 14 year old. So, I mean, it's kind of like, like that in CrossFit gyms, you know, there's always the rings there, but like, there's only a small percentage of the gym population that uses the high rings everyone else just kind of looks at him like i wonder what it'd be like (laughs) (laughs) one day (laughs) yeah what a great perspective you just put on uh that you put on a hundred pounds while doing a sport yeah actually (laughs) i mean that's that's wrong i know i know but what it's great i mean like hiller's doing steroids and trying to put on 10 pounds you, you just happen to be a, a you know five year old kid to a fourteen year old girl and put on a hundred, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. So that was that was definitely like a big battle too in gymnastics was like your weight because obviously naturally as you get bigger you're going to get heavier, and um, I think whenever I quit gymnastics I was like a hundred twenty pounds and then. When I started CrossFit, I put on, like, 15 pounds of muscle within, like, the first, like, probably six months of doing it. So, Wow. Hey, if, there, if, if you could go back and talk to your gymnastic self younger, knowing you were going to be doing CrossFit, would you – I mean, did you guys do any running as gymnasts? So those 15 any- pounds are just because she started squatting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, right. Another thing that gymnasts don't do, right? You guys don't squat and you guys don't run? Not really. I remember doing so. Okay. I remember we did our running was um, a mile on the floor, which is, I believe it was something stupid, like 36 or something. I don't know, like laps around the floor. So you're literally just going in circles and like getting dizzy. And every Um, step you get a nice little spring. That's not natural. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then, um, like running for like vault but gymnasts also aren't taught running form so we like run like chest way back like arched back and it's 
honestly, I still like somewhat carry the that antithesis with of me. the pose method. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes I'll like catch myself when I'm like doing sprints, my chest will be like back and like my back's arch. I'm like, wow, this is so wrong. Um, but that's just the <laughs> former gymnast days coming through. <laughs> If if you could talk if you could talk to the younger version of yourself, knowing that you're gonna do CrossFit, would you have just done more running, mm, more squatting, or no? Maybe, but also like probably not because those were probably my two least favorite things. Mm. Um, so I don't know if I would have had like the will to do it. <laughs> uh, do, when um, I was younger. How how are they now? Do you still not like them? Are you, do you still not? Or is running and squatting your least favorite? Um, I'd probably say they are my least favorite, but I've definitely grown a ton with like how much I like them, especially in the past like couple months since the games. I've been hitting squats like crazy and running like uh, two or three days a week because those are probably my two biggest weaknesses. So um, I'm learning to love them or just telling myself that I love them and tricking myself. I don't know either way. <laughs> so, so when you're 14, um, so, so basically you do cross it for a year. Basically you start a month before the games, you see your friend go to the games and then you go around the full calendar year. And now you're, uh, the gate, the open happens and you enter the open. And do you start telling yourself that you think you're going to make it? Oh, it, for it, sure. Yeah, what, is your, what do your like, mom and dad think about your new CrossFit obsession? I'm guessing by then you were going five days a week. Yeah. Yeah. They like, it was the place that I did CrossFit in was like, just like a beaten down little plaza. It had like a car shop, a like marble shop. It was so, it was definitely like really sketchy for my parents to like drop me off there. Like a dirty like, strip mall with a CrossFit gym in it? Yes, basically. I like <laughs> and, it. Yeah. And we would like be running around the parking lot and um, my parents were like, okay, is this literally a cult that we're dropping our daughter off to? <laughs> and I mean, obviously we all joke that CrossFit's like kind of like a cult and, you know, you drink the Kool-Aid, whatever. Um, but like, I think by the time I made the games, they they were starting to understand CrossFit a little bit more. But even while they were, like, at the CrossFit games, my mom had no idea what was going on. My dad probably didn't either. But um, they're like, what the heck is this? And it was, like, so foreign to them. But shortly after I got, I got them both in the gym, so... Um, were they worried about your physical safety at all? Like, you know, overhead squatting these 135 pound bars or, or was it, they'd already seen gymnastics. This was already like, Hey, this is safer than gymnastics. Um, I think, I think my, my dad's kind of like more like, eh, whatever, you know, she's going to do what she's going to do. But my mom has always been a little bit of a worry wart. And like, I think she still kind of is where she's like, Oh my God. It's like so crazy that you're lifting all that weight. But now that she's like kind of doing it herself, she understands that like, I know how to do it safely. And like, I don't know. Uh, Jethro says, uh, Paige certainly seems older on the competition floor. I keep forgetting how young old this generation of athletes is yet. There was an interview where she's saying she did. Uh, she had to go back to figure out who rich was. Because she, she was too young to watch him uh, compete. That 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 is just 
That's amazing. How, how old are you now? You're 20, 22? Um, 19. 19. About to turn 20. You were holding a champagne bottle in one of those pictures. Shame on <laughs> it you. It was in Italy. It, listen, it was in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Is the drinking age there 18? Probably, yeah. right? Yeah. You see your face after? Like, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. They let the kids in the club at 15 there. So, yeah. Drinking age is not really applicable in Italy, at least from what I saw. <laughs> uh, so, so then you make it to the games your first year and is it before or after that point that you're um, hooked? Um, it was, it was definitely before. Um, I think like the, probably from the open, the first open that I did, I was like, kind of just like hooked on like, even just like making the games, it was like, it was, it was the chase to it. That was like, I loved it. Um, and then to like make the games on top of it, I was like, okay, like, yeah, I want, I want to do this for as long as I possibly can. Brian, how can someone who's only been doing CrossFit one year, make it to the games? How is that? Well, is I don't that think because it's the- possible in the elite division, uh, but, in the, but, in but, the but, yeah. division and especially but even at going, 14, I know, but yeah, and I think, um, keep in mind, what what year was that? The first year? 2018. Which is only, I think, maybe the third year, fourth year at most of Teenage Division mm-hmm. even being around. So it's kind of like put it on par with like a 2010 or 11 CrossFit game, Savon, where okay. you could have someone like, uh, you know, I don't, I'm trying to think of who, like a Josh Bridges. Like he showed up in 2011, took second place. Like it, it's, it's less and less likely to happen as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also like, it was top 20 um, in 2018, whenever I qualified. I'm not sure what it is now because I think it's changed like five times since I've like started CrossFit. That's, um, that's true. It's <laughs> twice as hard. There's only half as many spots now. Yeah. So I remember like I qualified in 13th place from the age group quarter or age group qualifier. And then I ended up placing like third at the games. Which is exactly why, and I understand from a logistics standpoint why they do it, why I've been a proponent of keeping it at 20. And actually, Chad Schrader's written articles about how many athletes like that there are who've qualified 11th through 20th, not just in the teenage divisions, but also the master's divisions, and have gone on to place in the top 10, top 5 podium, and in rare cases, even win the games. Mm -hmm. So you're not really casting a broad enough net through the online qualifier to get the, the best results. Uh, for the, those divisions at the games with 10. That's my opinion. I think, age, yeah. Age She's nodding like, yes, yes. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think, like, so the next year, the my, my first year in the 16-17, it was top 10. And it was definitely, like, there's a couple people I remember seeing on the leaderboard that is like, oh, like I thought they would have had a chance at like the podium or like at least top five had they made it um, in the 16-17 division. But oh wow, so you, so you're saying you saw people who didn't even make it to the games where you're thinking like, hey, if they would have been here, they would have they'd have done really well. Yeah, yeah. W- what's wrong? That means the tests aren't right to get to choose the right people. Um, I don't think so. I remember like the age group qualifier qualifier workouts being pretty well-rounded. Um, I just, I don't know. It's, it's so different with like all the teenagers are still like in school and it's like games training. Like you have the whole summer off so you can just like train as much as you want. And then like the results are like different at the games. I don't, I'm not exactly sure. 
I do think like top 20 or even like top 15, I feel like that'd be like a little bit more reasonable than top 10, but. So you're not just saying that just to get in more athletes. You're just saying, hey, the the, the games for teens uh, specifically, they need more people because for some reason the 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 choosing process to get to the to the games isn't um, dialed in enough to to pick the fittest. Is that what you're saying too, Brian? Well, you- uh, uh, yeah, kind of. But basically, I'm saying there's um there is a lot more that can be tested and will be tested at the games and even mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. so in the age group divisions because none of the previous qualifiers happen live or in person so you're restricted by what you can test online and therefore there's a lot of unknown elements that will show up at the crossfit games if you've got 20 i think you're much more likely to find out who actually has that kind of next level of fitness that the games is meant to test for Right. If you have 10, you might miss out on a few of those athletes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Is when you look back at the competition now, does it look way harder? Like when you look at these 14 year olds, like, have you seen the growth since when you were there when you were 18 already? Like, Oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this already. Yeah, for sure. I feel like the people that are like from Haley's age range to like mine and younger have definitely like, change the age group division and like the girls are so fit now and like even olivia kerstetter she's like on the up and rise and like we've seen it you know in the past two years with mel emma carrie emma lawson this year so it's like it's crazy to see like where they're taking not only the teenage division but like pushing through to the open division yeah, um, you just named off a bunch of girls that you might be spending the next five or ten years uh, competing with. They may be the only names that anyone knows in yeah. five or ten years. What a great crew! It, so, um, your your twenty fifth place finish. Are you? Uh, well, let's in, pause there for a sec. Okay, please. So we can talk about that, of course. But yeah. I've been thinking about this the whole time, and I didn't know if you were going to find the pattern. So, two years ago, excellent quarterfinals less than excellent semifinals this season, excellent semifinals. If was Caleb, if we can pull up the semifinals from uh, uh, Atlas games, I don't think that this gets talked about enough with regards to Paige. I mean, these were Emma Lawson's finishes, uh, second, first, first, sixth, third, first, and these were pages first, seventh, second, third, first, second. It's almost identical. It's a like one spot off eight points off, but Emma won and Paige got second. And then you go to the games and Emma had a, a you know, a, a great performance there and you had a less less good performance they did mm-hmm. at semifinal. So it's almost like the same pattern repeated itself just one stage later in the season. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I haven't really noticed that, but now that you say it, um, yeah, I it look was, at that. They're so far ahead of everyone else. It was, it was a bit of a shock to me. Um, like going from second place in semifinals to a uh, 25th place in the games um i i'm like god you have such crazy self-belief i freaking love it <laughs> um yeah i think i mean i mean just like the competitor in me i'm like i always want to win everything so it's like i want to get as close to possible as winning like it and it doesn't matter like what the competition is like i mean at the end of the day if i like do everything that I can and like I perform the best 
to my abilities. I'm happy with that. Um, but there's always like something inside of me, like even at Atlas games, I had a great performance, like probably one of the best performances in my life. And I was still like, first place was so close. It almost like kind of hurt a little bit. Um, Brian, what were you explaining there? I didn't, I didn't get what you were saying. What was the pattern? The pattern went complete. You guys, 2021. Yeah. Good quarterfinals performance. Yeah. Relatively bad semifinals. Uh-huh. So she goes and processes that and prepares for the next season. She comes back the next season. Oh. Good semifinals performance, relatively bad games performance. So I would assume that this year she'll go back and try to see, well, where did I, why did I do better at semifinals at the games? Put another year of work in. And so then we'll see what happens in season three. Yeah, for sure. Can, can you pull up those semifinal scores? Is she really, are you really that um, competitive with Emma Lawson or is it really just that you guys were just the two best? So, so you beat her in the first, first workout, uh, second workout, there's uh 36 seconds, third workout, uh, only six seconds, uh, next workout, uh, you beat her by three places, uh, workout after that, you beat her by, holy shit, by, excuse me, by almost <laughs> a, a, a minute, a minute, uh, a workout. Can you believe I said, excuse me? I know. I just keep thinking her parents are listening. I just want to be a good boy. Um, uh, workout six. Uh, uh, second place, you guys basically leave the field in the dust. Uh, she beats you by 13 seconds. Let's see workout seven. So you really are competitive with them. Okay. That's it. So you really are. You're wow. And what place did Emma Lawson take at the games? There's just seven. Oh yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself page. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, no, I, know I am completely too, 25th. Six, six. At the, the fact that you made it to the games is absolutely nuts. Um, can we look at your, can we look at the games, um, uh, competition? Can we look at the leaderboard there? Uh, Caleb, what was the best you did at the games page? Um, I believe my best event was the echo bike and, um, while facing strict handstand push up, which God, I think how, was like six. How happy are you that you have handstand push ups? What a yeah. nightmare it is for the the people who don't have that, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh my um, god. Yeah, I was like, what a dark hole to fall into if you're a CrossFit Games athlete. If that's your hole, man, that's just a bummer. <laughs> um. Yeah, I am really glad that handstand pushups are something that I'm good at. And then, like, it was kind of fun this year with like the um, wall facing and deficit. It was almost like. I, I love bench pressing and it was almost like um like a incline bench that like your shoulders were like put into that position. So I really enjoyed that event because I didn't really like struggle that much on the handstand. Like I surprised myself. I was I was struggling in the warm-up area, but out there I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of fun. So <laughs> Do you notice that with uh, any other workouts or other athletes? I feel like I hear that all the time at the games. Like we were back in the back. We're trying this thing out. Everyone's kind of struggling with it. We go on the floor. Everyone mm-hmm. crushes it. Yeah. So I remember specifically the sandbag clean one rep max event. It was like, it was insane to like watch it all unfold because in the back in the warm up area, people were barely hitting the 150, 160. And then you have girls out there going like, I mean, obviously, Danny Spiegel with the 250 was insane, but like the other girls hitting 240, 230, it was like crazy to watch. 
And, like, it was kind of funny, too, because, like, you'd see them, like, inch the bag up and, like, get another bag. And they're, like, you could see the surprise on their face, too. So. Did you guys do that at all at Mayhem? Did you guys mess with those at all before the games? No, I think the heaviest sandbag I had touched um, before that event was uh, 150. Honestly, we didn't really do it that often either. So, And has I that mean, changed? It's, it's rare even that a, <clears throat> a an event will show up at a programming where the women have a 150-pound sandbag. Like right. Most of the yeah. stuff is a 150 and 100. Yeah. Yeah, we typically used the 100-pound and, like, we do sandbag cleans quite often and, like, cycling the 100. Um, is that 100 right there? Yeah. God, you're savage. Yeah. I cannot <laughs> believe how easy you picked that off the ground. Um, yeah, so we just crazy. do a lot of them. Um, so yeah, it was like the 150, if we ever touched it, it would be, oh, there, there Bill goes. Um, <laughs> the 150 would typically be like a sandbag carry and like, um, some sort of like strong man workout. So it was like the difference between like getting it to your stomach area to like your shoulder is pretty big when it starts to get heavy so god there's a there's a video in, in that event like at 1826 or something in the sandbag event um i was i was, saw it last night when i was looking for some footage of you and uh freya mooseburger basically the, she gets the bag up and it basically just spits her out to the side <laughs> Oh yeah, that because the bag's so heavy. I'm like, that what? happened to me too. That did. Oh, I thought it happened to you, yeah. and I was looking for it, but I only found Freya's. Oh. Hey, <laughs> yeah, because I saw this look on your face. Like, I, I'm like, did she get spit out by the bag? Because I saw this look on your face, like someone slapped you. Like you looked insulted when you looked back <laughs> yeah. at the bag. I was like, what just happened? It was like the most wild thing. I think it was with the 170. Like, I remember I was struggling with it, and then, like, I finally got it somewhat up to my shoulder, and then the next thing I knew, I was literally just, like, on the ground. I was like, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I don't know if you can find that hers, Caleb. I, it's got to be before 1826, because I think at that point they're doing the 180, and you did the 180 pretty well. You did the 180 yeah. pretty good. Yeah. The 180, I struggled with less than the 170, but... yeah. It was weird how happened. it was spitting people out. It was like literally like pushing down on them and then they would just go flying out. Yeah. I'd be like, wait, what happened now? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I like I saw it happen to a couple of girls before me. I was like, oh, like that's not gonna happen to me. Next thing I know, I pick it up and it spits me out. Like, and it was somewhat like, of an unpredictable event. I remember, you know, I tried to watch the group of four or five, whatever it was, and I'd be like, Okay, I think this in that group, this might be the next person out. So the next time I'd watch that one, and then out of the corner of my eye, I'd see someone else. Yes. You know, flying across the floor. I'm like, oh man. Just inching it up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, was, do you have do you have time to be embarrassed out there, Paige, or it's not like that at all? It's like you don't give it, it's like um there was definitely like a split second of embarrassment when I got spit out. Um, but after that, it was just like I was so focused on the next bag that it didn't really matter. Yeah, you can't even be right. Yeah, yeah. You can't indulge like, in that at all. Yeah, I, I forgot about it until, like, somebody brings it up or... Not right, until you're on a podcast yeah. and someone shows you the video <laughs> of you getting spit out. Yeah, also, like, in the 2018 games, the last event, I blew off the bar on the on Toaster Bar. It was Toaster the Bar Sandbag Cleans. And I flew off the bar on the last set, 
And um, I was still able to, like, gather myself together and, like, win the workout, which is what got me on the podium. But that was also something that is, like, highly made fun of for, like, until this day. So, uh, Toes to bar and your grip gave way because you were pushing into the red zone? Yes. Yeah. Did you know it was going to happen? Were you, like, was that a calculated risk or just completely unexpected? It, honestly, it was unexpected. Wow. I Yeah. I mean, my, my grip was shot, but... I didn't realize how shot it was. And I was just trying to hang on to like get the podium spot. And I mean, I, it was a relatively like quick, like I fell, my judge still no rep me, even though I fell, which was like hilarious. And then you're laying on um, your back and judge is like, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, thank you. <laughs> um, and then Lori just like got right back up and finished my like, three or four toes to bar and sandbag cleans. And I was that page is, is there, is there a part of, of being a great CrossFit games competitor? Like when you guys look at someone like um, Matt or Tia, do you guys just think, wow, they, they, they must hurt more than us in practice. Like, is there any simple equation that you can just put there? Like, wow, like when I was on the assault bike, I did, I didn't go, I, 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 I did have half a percent more mm-hmm. and that's where T is not holding back. Like, is, is there any equation that's like, yeah, they just hurt more in practice. Um, I do think that like, yeah, that has a part to do with it. And then like training volume itself, like they're, you know, probably doing more, um, And then also I think like genetics are a huge component to it. Um, I, I was actually, God, I don't want to believe that really it's, it is, it is a lot genetics. Um, I do think, so I've had this conversation quite a bit recently, um, with my friends, but like, I do think that genetics, like you can't beat genetics and hard work on top of it. Like, you can, if you lack the genetic component and then you're still working as hard as you can, you're never going to get to like the point where I believe like Tia is where she has a strong genetic component. And then also that like ability to like work hard and just like grind and go in a dark space all the time. Um, but I don't know. I Like we had, we had a, we had Sprague on here the other day. And he said, like, it had been three years since he had done a max uh, row effort. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, we just all made the assumption why, right? It's a, it's a freaking nightmare. Yeah. Right? But then you hear about people like Matt, who every morning claims he did that set to himself on the assault bike every morning. And the thought of that, I just don't think one in a million men can do that. Yeah. I mean, I tell yeah. myself I'm going to go as hard as I can, and I watch my body say, "No, you're not," and pull mm-hmm. and pull back. Now I'm just a old, little old dude in a garage, but the the, the hurting thing is really um, huge, right? Yeah, for sure. I think that's something that I've tried to get better at this off season. I think there's like some people in CrossFit that they literally like they just enjoy that kind of pain. Whereas, like, other people kind of like me, I have to, like, tell myself this is what's going to, like, make you better uh, on the competition floor. Like, I don't necessarily, like, every day want to be blacking out on the assault bike or, <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> that just, like, 
Right. Doesn't sound, you know, that appeasing to me, but it's like it's where the adaptation me, might be. Like gets me to that place and training is like thinking about my end goals and like how it's gonna better me. But it's not like, hey, like, you know, it's a great day, the sun is shining, I wanna black out today. Like right. and there's totally totally different styles of suffering i'm pretty mm-hmm. good if you go 15 plus minutes i can just kind of yes. get to a threshold and stay there but if we get if we have a two to five minute workout i'm gonna lose to a lot of people because i'm not willing to go to that mm-hmm. six gear for three minutes or whatever yeah for sure yeah i, I just think that that I, I i'm convinced that's where the most of the adaptation happens in that that horrible place that's why fran is such Uh-oh. a famous is, workout is this the Oh, are we gonna get to see her get spit out? Look at Caleb's out. laughing. I can see Kayla laughing. <laughs> what? She's dead center. She's in the middle lane. Yeah. Okay. No more than seven <laughs> seconds at a time. These people hate me. They would love to fucking get ding me. Seven seconds at a time. Oh, there, here we go. A dead center right in the middle is the great Paige Powers in a rookie year at the CrossFit Games. Yep. Oh. There I go. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. Were you drinking before that event? How much did you take a shot of whiskey? What were you doing? It literally, yeah. I don't I don't know what I was doing, but got a little wobbly there for a sec and just Look at look at your look at your surrogate mom back there, Bailey Rail. She's like, "What?" Yes. Yeah. I wish this you would have come a, out there and kicked the bag or stabbed it with a knife. How yeah. dare you do that to Paige? Yeah, Bailey, a... yeah, she literally is like my mom sometimes. She's like a sister and a mom. And I just remember like in that moment, like her being behind me, I was like, she's probably so stressed out right now, but I'm going <laughs> to get this thing another go. <laughs> I was like, sorry to do that before, to you before you're about to go, but... <laughs> Kayla, one more time. Let us watch the uh, great Paige this, Powers. This is an amazing microcosm of sport in general. Like, you, If you watch this, you think she's completed the lift. No. It's not quite done. And if you fast forward to the men's final bag, in two instances, I think with Fikowski, or just definitely, it's the same thing. You thought mm-hmm. he had it, and he didn't. And the next thing you know, it's, it's over. And this, you got to stay yeah. focused all the way through. Like, Tell me more, Brian. What, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? Uh, you think she has it? Because because she got it up, but she yeah. Didn't... Look at it. Like from this angle, it looks like she's going to finish this lift for sure. Yeah. But I, you know, and it, and it may just be it was beyond the physical capacity. It may be, be that she had that mental thing. I, I got this. It's on my shoulder. But you got to stay focused mm-hmm. until you get the call from your judge. And mm-hmm. if you lose focus for an instant, then you you lose out those points. For sure. Here we go. Okay, it's up. Yeah, okay. yeah. She got it. Yeah. Oh, so just a little bit on your head. So basically you you leaned it on your head and your head went that way and your body went that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was like already so like unstable. (laughs) Sorry. Look at that shot. She's like, she's got it under her arm, like a bait, like a football, like she's a running back there. (laughs) Yeah. Just peak athleticism right there. That's lovely. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Hey, um, do you play any other sports? Do, do, do you do like when you go out there? Like, do, do you do at the with Mayhem? Do you play flag football with Rich or uh, volleyball, or do you do baseball, mm. or do you do any pickleball, or are you doing any not, of that stuff? Not really. <laughs> I um, I'd actually love to get more into like athletic and like specifically like ball sports because I'm really good at like using my body for things like snowboarding I can do wake surfing I can do but like when it comes to like that hand eye coordination or like eye foot coordination I lack that quite a bit so I'd like to like get better at that I have been like 
occasionally shooting basketballs in the gym and mm. just like try to get better at that. But that's kind of like one of my like outside CrossFit goals because like, again, I'm super competitive. So if like people invite me to play like just a fun game of softball with them and I'm not doing good or like I can't hit the ball as much as I want to, I get, I start to get pretty mad. So yeah, I'd like, I'd like to get more athletic this year for sure. Um, do you, do you actually live in Cookville? Yes. Yep. And, and, and you, I think I heard you say your brother lived in Cookville. Yeah. He actually lives with me, um, for at least another couple of months until he graduates. Um, how did he end up in Cookville? Does he have uh, games aspirations also? No, he does not. He ended up here for college at Tennessee tech. And, um, that's not even a real college, is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly <laughs> it is. Um, uh, golden Eagles, I believe it is. Um, but, uh, him and my mom drove down to Tennessee, um, to university of Tennessee to, um, look at that college originally when he, um, was that's where he wanted to go. And was he a um, CrossFitter? No, no, no. Him and my mom weren't both weren't actually, it was only me at the time that was doing CrossFit. And, um, they said that they were going to pass through, um, Cookville to look at Tennessee tech. I was like, Oh, Hey, that's pretty cool. Can you like stop in CrossFit mayhem and grab me a shirt? And so they like went in there and it was so foreign to them. Like, it was because obviously like it's a huge gym and they're like, what are we doing here? They didn't even know what mayhem was. And, um, they met Darren Hunsucker there and, um, he was like, basically just like, Hey, like I'm from Michigan. And like, he's, I mean, Darren's like a people person. So he was like chatting it up with them and they like kind of immediately like felt like a homie feeling there. And, um, uh, Tennessee Tech was like quite a bit of a smaller school than University of Tennessee. So I think that was like more attractive to my brother to come down here for um, his degree. Um, but yeah, it was like they came down here before. Like, I mean, I had like just started CrossFit and like, obviously I knew Mayhem because they're, you know, one of the biggest gyms and Yeah. The weird synchronicity here for people who aren't following the story is that Darren Hunsucker is, you know, jokingly, but arguably one of the greatest coaches ever of uh, any CrossFit Games athlete. He was Rich's cousin. He coached Rich through all the years. Now he's the programmer for the affiliate programming for Mayhem. A rich, if whatever Rich talks about him, Rich lights up. You can tell there's an immense respect for him. But the weird part is this guy, I think, lives 30 minutes away from Paige in her yes. hometown of Michigan. But then here's her parents or your brother and your mom visiting Mayhem and he happened to be there and they ran yeah. into him. Yeah. And is that how then you started working? Um, did they mention you to Darren and then you started working with Darren up in Michigan? Because that um, was your first coach, right? Working with uh, – He wasn't my first coach. Um, or first, I, uh, ath you know, sort of games coach maybe. Um, no? sort of um I had so the original coach that I was working with um he he owned the gym that I was going to and he coached uh Michaela uh to the CrossFit Games. oh okay okay and he also got me and another teenage girl to the CrossFit Games and what was I, his name sorry no disrespect to him what uh, was his name 
Adam Paulson. Okay. And then, um, so whenever my brother decided to actually go to Tennessee Tech and like, um, we moved, we all came down and moved him into his dorm. And of course, like I wanted to come to, you know, be supportive sister, but also to check out Cross and Mayhem. And, um, so that's where I met, um, Darren and Jess, his wife. And, um, Jess was working for, um, or she still is working for, um, M2 Performance Nutrition. And, um, I was working with Mike who owns it and he's, he kind of like connected us together and like told Jess I was coming down. Um, so like we instantly hit it off and she was super sweet and she was like, Hey, we're moving back to Michigan, like in a couple months. And, um, I think we're like right in your area. I was like, Oh my God, that's like great. And, um, at the time, um, the gym that I started at was, um, kind of like on its way out and, um, the situation wasn't super ideal. And obviously when you get like an opportunity to be trained by, um, uh, CrossFit, like Rich Broning's coach and like kind of somebody that's like been with him throughout his whole career, um, you take him up on that. So I, I started training with, um, their cousin JJ, who was like a half hour from me in Michigan. And then whenever they eventually moved up to Michigan, they started coming and um, working out with us and Darren started coaching me. Crazy, so, crazy yeah. small world. And, and at that yeah. point, did you know that, Hey, someday I'm going to end up down there in Cookville? Um, yeah, sort there. of. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to like ride out being in Michigan with them as long as possible um, because it it was such a great environment up there and they're all like a second family to me now. So it was like they were a big part of like them and my family were a big part of me wanting to stay in Michigan. And then um, Jess and Darren were like, hey, we think if, you know, you really want to make a splash in the individual side of things that the best thing for your career would be to move to Cookville. So, uh, be sure. Wow. Very generous. Thank you. The future of the sport is bright. I know, isn't it? I, it's crazy talking to Paige. The future of the sport is bright on the elite women's side with athletes like Paige. I know I'm telling you, you say the all four podcasts you've been on, you were the star. You saved them. Those people should, uh, <laughs> You're saving this one too. I'm this money. I've never That's said that to any guests. I've never even offered to share any money with Brian. Now I'm thinking I should send you 25 bucks. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you. I, I really mean that. You, you're you're so freaking cool, and your performances you. are so amazing. Yeah, you you are a uh, you're a special person. You have a uh, you're and you're a special athlete, and you can tell you work hard just from all those videos. And it is really cool. On going back to the Bailey Rail thing, it's mm-hmm. very obvious that uh, you know. Bailey needs a child because uh, the way she treats you and talks to you, like she's like, she, she wants to mama you, which is cool. Oh, your yeah. parents must be pretty happy. Are your parents happy? Are they concerned? Like, Hey, what are you doing with this, this rich froning and this ghee? And Oh, thank God for Bailey. <laughs> um, well, I mean, they know that like, like whenever I was in Michigan, Darren and JJ constantly gave me crap like brothers. So it was kind of a similar situation down okay. here where like, you know, like you're with all the boys and they immediately just start giving you crap. Their news thing is like um, 
the ropes are in the um, athlete space are apparently my face. So whenever they, um, I irritate them or I'm in their presence, they look at me and then punch the rope. Um, which is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, they really like to Cookville. It's okay. <laughs> people, this is Tennessee. It's different. It's different. Like, Don't anyone yeah. get stressed out. Yeah. I'm like, I swear. Well, I hope they love me, but they also like to give me some crap. So Bailey is like, she's, she's mama sometimes. And she stands up for me and like, we'll kind of like make our own jokes together. And I mean, we think we're really funny, rich, maybe not, but you know, we secretly think he's laughing inside. He goes back home and he smiles and thinks about it. You're a young girl. He's an old yeah. man. He is. He's he's turning into the grumpy lion, and you're the 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 puppy. How did you uh, How did you get on that team for Italy? Um. So I believe originally Haley was supposed to be on the team with Bailey, Tyler, and Rich. What um, was the team? Go, tell Tell me. Explain this to me before you go into the it. One where she was drinking champagne. Yeah, what and what was yeah. the team and and you where did you compete? So, um, so it was me, Bailey, Tyler, and Rich, and um, it oh, was you're living the dream. You're living Bailey. the dream. Yeah, it was it was such a cool opportunity. Um, I'm super grateful for it. It was such a fun time. Um, but basically, I mean, they they had had it planned out for like months in advance, and um. After the games, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but um, Haley was unable to compete on the team. So Rich texted me like two days after the games, and he was like, hey, Italy, you in or you out? I was like, hey. That's how he says it? That's how he says it? (laughs) Yeah. And, like, it was so funny because, like, I didn't know any details. I didn't know the exact dates. I just knew it was, like, sometime within the next, like, month. I was like, Shoot, sign me up. Like, Rich, <laughs> Rich personal Italy. text from Rich. Are you going to Italy with us? I don't have yeah. to ask any other questions. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sign me up, coach. Yeah. So, how, how old are you right here in this picture? 19. You have to, do you have to ask your parents if you can go? Um, not really. They've actually been pretty like, they actually they they've been super supportive of like whatever I choose to do and like they're not afraid to give me their opinion and their advice but like I definitely well I was in Michigan at the time I was like hey Rich just like texted me if I wanted to go to Italy and they're like yeah like do it so oh okay and did, do you have a chaperone or is Bailey the chaperone like like is this your first time overseas ah Facundo uh, was there everyone was taken care of yes. oh well, that's yes. nice that's <laughs> yeah. nice. Um, yeah, Facundo came in clutch that week because none of us speak Italian. So he obviously knows like a crazy amount of languages, Italian being one. So that came in very good use. Um, but yeah, I was like with her, with my parents, like knowing that I was going to be with like such a great group, Rich included and their family and Hillary and the kids were there. She was like, she knew I was going to be taken care of, but, um, I, I have been overseas before, um, never like on a trip without my family. Um, so it was a little different, but it was, it was really fun. Um, yeah. Good times. Yeah. What, a, what a journey. And, and how long was that trip? It was, I think it was close to two weeks. 
Wow. Okay. So it's just a couple yeah. of days of com- competition and then you got to like, and then do you just roll with Bailey every day? Like you wake up in the morning, you text her like, let's go, let's go get a coffee. Let's go walk around Italy. Um, yeah, sort of. There was, we actually had like, we were a group for most of the trip. Um, there was like maybe the Monday after competition where, um, there was like a small group of us, like Bailey and I and, probably Tyler tagged along um, and we kind of just like took scooters to like the, you have that skill. You can ride a scooter. Yeah. And Tyler are are dating, but Tyler was the one tagging along. Yes. (laughs) 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 It was like Bailey and I came up with the plan and then Tyler. Yeah. Joined, joined in. Yeah. Sometimes we do that to him. (laughs) Hey, any Italian boys chasing you around on that trip? Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, we, that didn't really, but they're there. They're like flies. They're, yeah. they're, 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 they're like yeah. flies. They're chasing you around. It's just flattering. It's nice. You need some Italian, you can't go to yeah. Italy without some Italian boys chasing you around. Yeah. It, it was a little bit of an ego boost, confidence boost a little bit, Yeah, but the Italians, definitely their culture, like they love, love and they'll do anything. <laughs> they love, them. love. Yes. Okay, I like this. Yeah, like they, yeah, they they will do anything for true love, which is kind of like cute, but it's definitely very different. Do did you eat pizza in Italy? I did. I um, eat a pizza every day when I'm in Italy. Yeah, it was it was really <laughs> good, but also I have um, celiac disease, so. I can't have gluten, which presented some challenges in Italy, but they were also very good with like gluten-free pizza, gluten-free pasta. But there was a couple of days where I was getting a little hangry from. Ah, Caleb. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Celiac disease, sometimes called celiac sprue or gluten sensitivity (laughs) enteropathy. Enteropathy. Enteropathy <laughs> it is an immune. Wow, that was weird. I thought Caleb came on and helped me for a second. Enteropathy <laughs> is an immune reaction to eating gluten. Why can't they just say that in the first sentence? It's an immune reaction to eating gluten. A protein found in wheat, barley, and rye. If you have celiac disease, eating gluten triggers an immune response and makes you want to protest in Portland. Wow. Okay. Uh, how do you how do you know you have that? What happens? You just get you start farting a lot. <laughs> actually no um for me it was like it was actually around the time that I was um quitting gymnastics um I that whole year I was it was like super weird I was super lethargic all the time like literally falling asleep in class anytime I'd like I'd get in the car on a five-minute ride to gymnastics I'd be falling asleep I was constantly tired And my mom was the like first one to notice. She's like, this is not right. Like, and your mom's a nurse an oncology nurse. So she knows some shit. Okay. Yes. And she was an ER nurse for like 16 years. So she's definitely been in the field quite a bit. Um, but she was like, yeah, something's not right. So we're going to like get you checked out. And, um, I went to so many different doctors and, um, a lot of them, well, actually all of them tested me for like depression. And I was like, I swear, like, I'm not lying on these tests. Like I'm not depressed. Um, that wasn't the case. 
And um, finally, uh, one of my doctors was like, okay. Hey, let me ask you this though, before you go to the to climax of the story, was yes. there, was there a chance that they could have told you you were depressed? Did you, when they start telling you that, is it like crossing the border, you know, with Mexico and they're like looking for drugs and you're like, shit, do I have drugs? Were you like, <laughs> were you like after, starting to be like, am I after, depressed? Like what's going on? Am I, may, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, after like the fifth time of being like tested, I was like, I mean, I swear I'm not, but maybe like if yeah, you're maybe I, am. I am, I don't know. But like I've passed all their depression tests with like flying colors. So wow. I was like. I don't like obviously something else is the problem. I was tested for like mono, um, like a whole that's the bunch kissing of disease. That's the kissing disease. Is it? I don't know. That's what they used <laughs> to say in high school. I had mono and I'd never, it's it, and I had never kissed a girl before. I was bummed, but oh, I don't well, never heard that. Mono, <laughs> you learned something disease. new. Okay, all right. Um, but. Yeah, so they like one of my doctors ended up testing me for celiac, and she's like, "It's probably not this, but I'm gonna test you anyways." And then like the blood work came back positive for it, so I had to get like a scope down my stomach to take like a piece of tissue, and they ended up finding like a giant ulcer. So I was literally getting like no nutrients whenever I was eating, um, and I there was like quite a few things that like I realized um were like wrong with me as soon as I went off of gluten um like I was having rashes on my arms that went away um obviously like I I was more awake and alert and um it's I actually found this out like quite recently but like gluten can make your brain like foggy sometimes um something about the protein itself um and so like I found once I went off of it, I had a much better time like concentrating in school. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty wild, and then like stomach pain started going away. So, hey, was the ulcer? Um, do you think that was related to the um, anxiety just with uh, gymnastics and the throwing up and all that? Um, I think that did have like something to do with it. Um, so it was that and the gluten, it was like, a, and then, yeah. and then, and then what, and then you said you fractured your femur or something. Do you think that's from not getting enough nutrition? Um, no, that was an accident. Oh, um, yeah, I, I dislocated my knee on the beam. Um, and like, I, I just like missed the skill and whacked the side of my knee and just like popped out. Um, but they do say that like, um, celiac disease like the symptoms of it can sit dormant for years but if something like traumatic happens it can spark it to like start flaring up which is like right after I dislocated my knee I started noticing like the symptoms of it happening which was pretty like wild but so no gluten you're done with gluten no gluten yeah is that hard um it's definitely easier nowadays because eating gluten-free is kind of like trendy and people like to think that it's healthy. So there's lots of gluten-free options now. Um, it was a little tougher whenever I first started, um, especially because I'm a huge sweets person, but like naturally with starting CrossFit, I wanted to start eating healthier to optimize my performance. So, you know, my diet pretty much started looking like chicken, rice, sweet potatoes, beef, just like plain stuff. But it's like, Whenever I have to go out to eat or like taking the trip to Italy, it was a little bit harder to deal with it. Um, because you can't just like 
eat something and like, you know, it could, it could even be like chicken and rice and just like what they season it with has gluten in it. So do you accidentally eat it pretty often? Like when you were in Italy, you're like, yep, got a little gluten. I can tell. Um, actually in Italy, I couldn't tell. Um, but they also, I've seen like certain things where like people with celiac can literally eat like bread and like real bread and real pasta in Italy because something about like the harvesting process with the wheat, rye and barley, like they don't use the protein, uh, gluten to like, I don't know, something like that. That could be totally wrong. That could totally be false. I don't know. Someone, some people were mentioning something about this in the chat that there's a different, the grains are different in the North America than in Yeah. The- yeah. So, um, I, I actually felt like so good in Italy. I felt like not bloated at all. And, um, I like was never tired from like eating gluten or like being exposed possibly. Um, but as soon as we came back to North America, our layover was in Boston and, um, I got food there that was like probably like cross contamination bothers me. And like, I got, uh, sweet potato fries, which were probably fried with the, in the same oil as, um, Uh. containing things. And immediately I had like a sharp stomach ache. So, Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, is there anything you can do when that happens or you just have to let it pass? Um, you can take, I've noticed that like Pepsid helps, um, or like Tums. Um, but if I don't have anything on me in the moment, I kind of just have to like sit there in pain (laughs) and be like, I knew better. I knew better. Yeah. Yeah. You're competing. You're competing at Wadapalooza still. Yes, I am. Yep. Um, and and why? Um, how come I I just feel like it's a fun off season competition. Like I've enjoyed it in years past. So now that this year it's like only two days and I kind of get to enjoy the rest of my weekend. Um, that was a little bit more attractive for me to sign up for it. It's cool you, that you guys get to go first. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. Were you were you tempted to do both competitions or maybe the team instead of the individual? Um, I I was tempted to do both. Um, I there was like talk about maybe getting a team together, but I just felt like doing four days of competition in January would just be like too much for my body and for my mental. So, um, just, I don't know, kind of just using the individual competition for like fun and to like see where I am and yeah, get a tan. That'd be nice. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot, there are a lot of athletes doing doing both i think it's mm-hmm. i don't know if it's the best decision or not you know we'll we'll, we'll have to see yeah um, yeah personally I, I don't i don't think that would have been um super smart or healthy for me to do so um what what do you think what do you think you're gonna place there you think you're gonna win this you think you're gonna be top five um i'd love to be top five um i think that'd be great um but i mean i don't know we'll see i I feel like seventy five thousand dollars page. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty pretty penny. So, um, yeah, I I've been working super hard on my weaknesses this off season. So, like, 
love to see how it applies to competition and what's you, that look like what's yeah, that you, look like when you're uh when you're when you say that um we could just say you know or maybe long running is one of those weaknesses you've been targeting you, you talked about running three times a week are you hoping a long run shows up at this so you're like i, I want to see in competition yeah. yeah kind of that like between that and like um squatting like that ring muscle up um squat workout that's i mean that's pretty heavy for me um and i did test it earlier this week and already i could tell that i can handle that weight so much better than i could like last year and then as far as like running goes um it's i feel like i've improved like a ton on it so i'd love to see like where i stack up on it this year and like I feel like off season competition is the perfect place to be a marker of like, hey, I still need to do like I need to, even if it's like a sh- shorter run and like rounds in a workout, like just to see where I stack up and like, hey, I, I still need to work on this. So like, let's keep hammering it. Yeah, and it's uh, you know sometimes <clears throat> you train something and it's like this is the thing I'm targeting, then you go to competition, it doesn't show up at all. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh yeah. man, I would really love to see if I've gotten better at X or Y. Right. But I think also when you're talking about the running and how you stack up, are you, because this is what I felt when you talked about the squats, are you talking more about how you stacked up compared to what you used to feel like doing a similar event or compared to the field or maybe a little bit of both? Um, Yeah, definitely a little bit of both. Um, I think in years past with like heavy squat volume or like weight or a combination of both and workouts I haven't really done as well and um like doing a lot of heavy like lactic acid leg workouts this year I feel like that's kind of like helped me with that stimulus in um competition um and then also like going over to like the clean and jerk like seeing how I can handle like um, like for me, my pull is great in my clean, but like, it's like getting the bar up from the bottom and the squat that's like harder for me. So seeing how I will be able to handle that, um, relative to like what I've done in the past and compared to the field. How do you, how do you feel about the parallel hold? I, I actually really like it. And I think it's very interesting that they did a one, um one max attempt like that's all you get so it's like it's really kind of fun to like see for the kick up like I feel like that's gonna be a huge part of it because if you like kick up slightly too short and you fall like that's you know like your time's one second so um I think it's really like interesting to see how people are gonna handle that and for me myself like I know I've been practicing it like quite a bit since it's been released and um just seeing how I'm going to be able to handle it out on the competition floor I'm excited to like put myself in that situation and kind of high high stress high pressure I like it yeah and there and you know there were a lot of events or parts of events that had that element of high stress or pressure of execution at the game so you got a good chance to practice that there there's not a ton of games athletes in this field so maybe a little bit of an advantage for those of you that are competing Mm -hmm. yeah for sure. I think you're going to do great. I can't believe you're so likable too. You're, you're, oh, thank you. Yeah. You're, you're, you're an amazing kid. Your parents must be so proud of you. Yeah. 
They are. Yeah. 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 You're, you're so cool. And the way you've assimilated to that team speaks volumes. Um, also, I'm, I'm, you know, as much as it looks fun in games from the outside, I know that those are a lot of intense competitors that you're with and you mm -hmm. seem like you've assimilated great. And the fact that Rich would, um, it, it screams volumes that he would invite you to Italy. He sure as hell doesn't want anyone around him. He's too, too old of a dog to let anyone around him. Who's going to bug him, you know? Yeah. And, sure. uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just so excited to meet you. I hope throughout the, throughout the weekend, I, I want you to know that we'll probably try to bug you and get you on. We never take events to, to athletes ghosting us during the week. We know you're, you guys are super busy, so don't ever feel like you have to respond. But well, be We cool might have you. an advantage this time because for people like Paige that are doing the individual, they'll be done by Friday. They'll still be there Saturday, yeah. Sunday. We can call her up. We can say, sure. hey, Rich is getting his ass kicked out there. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, um, thank you for uh, coming on uh, and, and, and sharing details of your life. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for uh, – it was really cool to hear, you know, the upbringing, and thanks for sharing us the story about Nassar. I know that's not a fun conversation, but it is uh, definitely interesting to people to hear about what it takes to be an elite uh, athlete mm -hmm. and, and kind of the trials you guys go through. Yeah, um, for sure. I appreciate you guys having me on. So. Yeah, anytime. You're always welcome. You are – You're. yeah, you're, you're a gem, man. All right. Thank <laughs> Thanks, Paige. Have a uh, have a have a great weekend. Thank you. You See guys you as week. well. And we'll be watching you. Awesome. Appreciate right, it. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you. You think that was too abrupt of an ending? No. Okay. So just, when it's when there's like forty five minute guest and then another forty five minute guest, you're, you're twice as abrupt as that. Okay. Good. I'm. I'm just. I thought it was going to rain, and I wasn't going to have to take the kids to tennis. But I. But I. I have to. What's this? That's Let's all right. See. I think ninety minutes is good. Uh, it will be interesting to see your improvements this year. Hey, man. I think. Uh, I think we're looking at in the next few years a top if she stays healthy, which I think she will. I think. Um. Oh, I know. I should have told her to stop by for a shirt. Darn it. Keep screwing that up. Paige, stop by for a shirt. Uh, at the. Uh, <laughs> At the um, uh, Paper Street Coffee. <clears throat> hey, I think I, I, I think she might be a top 10 uh, athlete in the next couple of years, a, a regular top 10 athlete at the CrossFit Games. Yeah, I mean, you have, you know, the, it was, you just have to think about what's in the way of that, right? And so if you just, just look at last Emma year's. Emma Lawson. If you look at just last year's top 10 to 15 athletes, Mal O'Brien's going to be there. Laura Horvath's going to be there. Daniel Brandon's going to be there. Brooke Wells will still be there for at least three more years, I think. Emma Lawson will be there. Gabby will be there. Haley will be there. Alexis Raptis will be there. Then there's a bunch of athletes that she can probably pass by. Ariel Lowen's a little unknown. But I think also half those athletes have a three-year life expectancy that you just said, by the way. Maybe. and then, But then you also look at athletes like Lucy Campbell, Ellie Turner, Karen Freyova. They were also ahead of her. And our and Alex Gazan. So there's a, you know those are just from the games last year, assuming that no one new enters the fray, like Olivia Kerstetter or something like that. So it's she certainly has a potential, but it's difficult. There's a light, you know, light it's difficult. There's a big group of athletes in that 17 to 25 age range that are already towards the top of the sport. Uh, uh Pedro from Coffee Pods and Wads. I'm so fickle. I hear Paige immediately and just say, "Hey, dude, I already think she's going to win the games next year." I'm totally on board. Like I talked to, I have proximity bias so bad. Stefan's, you're you're in. Uh, oh, well, we'll see if you have any say in the matter. But the roster of athletes you end up drafting is just going to be whoever you interviewed. <laughs> right. right. I'm not going to say shit. I'm going to let Jr. do it all. 
I'm just gonna be like, good job, Jr. Can I get you a cigarette? You need me to light that? Want a glass of whiskey? Like I'm not doing. I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> Screw it up. All right, guys. I don't think we have any more shows today. I do think that um, uh, Matt Souza is uh, okay, okay. Okay, here I come. Here I come. I do think that um, uh, Matt Souza is going to come today, and we're going to start looking at some of the. Uh, we're going to try some new fancy equipment at Wadapalooza this year um, for the live feed. So I think he's on my his way to the house. I, oh, oh, I am. I am going to schedule a live call-in show this evening. There will be some sort of live show this evening. So much to talk. Well, about. the first week of Supercross is going on. Yeah. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. God, you're such a sports enthusiast. Uh, sorry, we will be competing with uh, minor uh, sports. Uh, we we will be uh, competing with Supercross uh, this <laughs> evening. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, thank you, Brian. Thank you, uh, Mr. Beaver. Uh, Paige Powers, you're you're amazing. Um, all right. Seven. Stay for one second. After. Okay. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Can Caleb stay?